Yes, <laughs> back again. Island Emery on the nine. Uh, waiting for our uh, next uh, guest. He'll be in the uh, moment, sure, uh, momentarily. Um, and we've got uh, Jonathan uh, Santos uh, from uh, Revive uh, uh, Monster Flat Fatty Collaboration. I mean, uh, this gentleman, he is the uh, entrepreneur here in uh, Las Vegas, um, just getting things together. Uh, trying to figure out, uh, you know, how he's uh, getting up and running uh, when uh, you know, Las Vegas is slowly opening. And hopefully he can tell us uh, what's going on in his uh What's going on in his life, you know, his day-to-day. Um, uh, I've met uh, Jonathan uh, a few times. You know. uh, he's been uh, doing uh, these uh, bags, uh, you know, backpacks, uh, getting involved with the community, and uh, also uh, just literally just getting involved, you know. So uh, I'm uh, kind of reaching out to him now and see, and see what's going on. So, uh, yeah, we're just waiting on him. Hopefully, you guys are having a, a blessed day. Uh, hopefully, you guys are enjoying uh, some of the uh, podcasts that uh, I'm putting together. It's 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 it's, it's interesting, right? Uh, you know, all these uh, people that uh, we have, everybody has a story, and they really want to kind of relay to, uh, you know, people what they're doing. And, uh, you know, trying to get over this, uh, this pandemic um, uh, and um, getting back on their feet. Uh, obviously, everybody needs cash uh, to kind of uh, support their families. And uh, now, um, you know, hearing that um, there's an uptick in the uh, in the pandemic, and uh, there are also things have been uh, put on hold to uh, literally stop from others opening up business, and uh, it's putting on strain on family, um, you know, finances. Uh, I'm one of them. Uh, just trying to get through it, but um, in in the meantime, before you know, trying to get back to work and stuff, this is what I do. You know, kind of uh, feeding the, uh, the old uh, mind, the knowledge, trying to get the gain knowledge from others, uh, what they're doing in the world. And uh, hopefully I can uh, really uh, mimic or even help them out and uh, make connecting the dots, you know, from uh, musicians, artists uh, from Hawaii to well, actually all over the world now, uh, from uh, art, from film to uh let me see here. Okay. He's uh, joining now, so hopefully you can get him in um, uh, momentarily. Yeah, Jonathan Santos. Uh, but, uh, yeah, for music, art, uh, entertainment, business, entrepreneurs, um, and uh, hopefully uh, soon to create these men- mentorship programs. And, uh, you know, that's, that's what we're looking at to uh, help kids, you know, because kids are – you know, missing out on school and uh, doing things. Um, yeah, let's 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 get this going. Um, so on the nine with uh, Jonathan Jonathan Santos. <laughs> hey, what's up, Jonathan? How you doing, brother? Are you on mute? Yep, I can hear you now. All right, cool, man. Cool, man. Hey, long time no see, man. It's been a long time. Good, good. I was trying to think about how long it's been. Probably like six years or something. Maybe seven, seven years, man. <laughs> you know, and uh, you know, uh, you know, one of our mutual friends. Uh, he's uh, kind of keeping me in the loop. He's like, "Yo, man, he Jonathan. He's doing big things." And I was like, "Wow, I'm I'm really excited to uh, hear about this stuff." Oh, right. You know, um, you've uh, oh, thank you, thank you for thinking of me. Yeah, no, you know, you you're an entrepreneur, and um, 
came on, I was telling the, so the audience of, uh, you know, what you've been into, you know, the revive uh, clothing line slash uh, the backpacks and, uh, you know, getting involved with the community. And I mean, now, you know, what, what I've been explaining to is like, you're just taking off, man, kind of using your mind. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely. Most definitely. <laughs> I think it's all it's all an evolution, you know, as the times change, we live in different times than we used to. And uh, obviously, as you get older, you think about a bigger picture. How can you serve more people, right? But, you know, uh, uh, is it true that uh, you, you want to be a police officer? Before you, uh, a police yeah, officer? Way back in the day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> can I explain that? I mean, obviously, things took a turn. Um, but, uh, yeah. you know, when I heard that, I was like, what? You want to be a police officer? Yeah, so so this was back in when I was in high school, and my right. my whole goal was like, how can I serve my community, right? I've always wanted to be a service to our community, and I was like, well, police officers. Growing up, to give you a backstory about who I, you know, how I grew up, right. uh, we grew up in like some pretty, you know, ghetto areas of Las Vegas, and as I, as a kid, I would see, you know, drive-bys, dog fights. I'd see all this chaos as a kid growing up as a five-year-old here in Vegas, mm-hmm. all the way till I was nine. And I always saw the cops came by and they'd give us stickers, you know? So as a kid, as a little Mexican kid running around the hood, I'd always get these stickers from these cops. And I was like, wow, these guys are cool. Like, like they, they help solve some crimes that happen. People, you know, they get robbed or whatnot. They find the, they find the suspect, right? So, so here I was as a kid, I think that was ingrained in me. The only way that I could serve my community is by either joining a military or becoming a police officer. And, when I was in high school, I ended up uh, pursuing the police officer route by joining the police cadet program. Wow. And uh, and through that, I was exposed to what the police department was. And, and I was like, wow, I mean, there's some good cops. There's some bad cops. There's good people and bad people. And at the end of the day, I don't know if you'd be able to make such a difference by serving, you know, in that capacity. So I that's where I decided to launch a business because I figured if I can make an impact with a business by, with, through a charitable, uh, charitable arm or the way that we do business, that will be how we really start to empower other people out of the inner city to, you know, give them power and start their own business, their own brands and uh, do something positive in the world. So I've always wanted to, you know, I think I've always kept that focus of how can I serve my community? And it started by, okay, I want to be a police officer, serve my community that way to leaving that and starting to revive when I was, you know, 19 years old and seeing the evolution of that. And now as we transition to, the whole new digital social media age, it's, right. it's a whole new, you know, it takes on a whole new form. Yeah. And now, um, you know, what, what school did you go to, uh, you know, if you don't want me asking? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, uh, I, I had enrolled to Votech. So I went to Votech High School, which is SECTA now, Southeast Career Technical Academy. Uh-huh. Um, so I went there for automotive because I wanted to be a mechanic. Uh, I was inspired by Fast and the Furious. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I saw some of I saw some videos and uh, you, you kind of uh, got inspired and you took up the uh, uh, the hobby of uh, racing, right? Yep, yep. My brother was like fully into it. Um, I was I was building like my Honda, you know, as a teenager and on the east side with a Honda, uh, the Acura Integra, and uh, and there I was working on cars and hanging out with my friends at the Speedway and just doing all kinds of stuff teenagers did back then. You know? <laughs> So it definitely wasn't, I didn't always have the focus that I had, you know, like you gotta, 
you got to lose yourself to come back around, right? <laughs> well, the thing is that you can see that, you know, you're the need for speed, right? And um, uh, I saw, you know, one of the, your videos and I was like, wow, I didn't even know that, he, you know, he was interested in that. And, and literally uh, when I thought to myself, oh, you know, he's drifting. Oh, Fast and the Furious. So put it together now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was, uh, you know, Paul Walker was the police officer, became an FBI agent. That's the path I wanted to follow. <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> hey maybe a film is in, in, your, in your blood man you know, you know oh, now right. i mean how'd you get to this point of uh, you know being an entrepreneur you know obviously you graduated from voltec um did you uh end up uh, going to uh, unlv or uh, you know aspirations of going to college and kind of continuing uh, your, your education yeah so i ended up uh after after votec i i joined the police department worked for all the mpd um, while I was working for there, that's when I started going to college because they 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 would give me my hours to go to school and I would go to like night school. Um, and I ended up graduate almost graduating with my associates in business. I have like one math class or a science class to do, and I just didn't feel like going back. <laughs> I was like, it's okay. <laughs> uh, I don't think an associate's degree is going to do anything for me. You know, and I'm trying to compete against graduates and MBAs, right? So. Um, but it was, a, it was, I mean, in terms of, to answer your question, how I got into entrepreneurship, yeah. um, I think it was really a culmination of, of our upbringing. You know, like, um, like I said, like I mentioned, uh, when I was, when we grew up, we grew up very poor and we were living in Las Vegas, but I didn't really know what poor was until I traveled to Mexico. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, and I, and I went down with my grandparents and my, and my cousins out there. And at the time they were living on, on uh, dirt floors with a little like, house made out of brick and like little haystacks out the end like really rural mexico and uh that's when i that's when i was like yo we have so much in america like i have a tv you know and i have a radio these <laughs> right. guys don't even know what that is yet you know this is the 90s so uh so here i was i had that contrasting world right of like oh, this is what's happening in, in in mexico and where my where my parents grew and then that's when it really resonated with me the thing that my dad would always tell me um, he was a construction worker. So as I was growing up, he'd always uh, he'd always make me take off his shoes and his shoes were dirty with mud, grit, sand, because he's been like in the underground, you know, and he'd always tell me as he took off as I took off his shoes, he'd always say, I make you take off my shoes so you could see what it's like to work out in the heat and just work out in this middle of nowhere desert. So I want you to go to school or do something with yourself, mm -hmm. you know, and then that's that's what I want you to do. I do this for you, you know, so. I think that really stuck with me and always going back. I've always been very inventive. I always wanted to create little product ideas or businesses when I was growing up younger. Um, but throughout my teenage years, I kind of lost track of that. I didn't really think much of it. And it didn't really come back to me until I was in the middle of the heat of a, of a, of a car, of, a, of one of the cop cars. It was 110 degrees outside and we're wearing body armor, the, like the vest, right? And I'm wearing the full uniform and I'm sweating. And, and this thought, this mind comes in my head, my dad saying, I do this so you won't have to be out in the heat sweating your ass, you know, sweating, sweating your balls off. And, and then I was like, that's exactly what I'm doing right now. I'm not doing what my dad, you know, came to this, uh, to this uh, city for. So I was like, you know what, I'm starting school. And at that day, I started school and I never looked back and I started our business a little bit after that. Now, uh, getting, uh, you know, uh, with the uh, start of entrepreneurship, um, you know, uh, in the uh, when I when I last saw you, you were like uh, kind of venturing into, uh, you know, backpacks and, you know, these uh, colorful designs. Uh, are you still following through with that or? Yeah. So I think the last time we spoke, yeah, it was about seven years seven ago. Years ago. And, uh, yeah. 
<laughs> we had all these like crazy colorful lines and the right. idea for that bag back then was a customizable bag you can interchange pieces and, and customize a bag completely like from scratch and that that idea didn't end up working out because we we never factored a key component that would mess up so that's something that you learn as you're developing products is your idea might be like amazing but once you actually start building it with manufacturers it, you, st you still might get a really good, good product, but once you mass produce, that's when like any little variable might completely mess up the production, which is what happened to us. So when we met with you, we had a, we had a line of colorful bags, but it wasn't, that, wasn't the, that wasn't our number one goal. We didn't set out to say, oh, let's, let's start a line of colorful bags. Like Our <laughs> goal was to make them customizable. So right. we wanted to give multiple color options for people to change panels, like make a red, white, and blue bag or make a make a uh, red and green bag or whatever, whatever they wanted to do so they could design on it and customize it. Oh, wow. uh, but, it but yeah, so that didn't work out in the production stage of things. So we had to scrap the customizable idea and just slap together solid colors and go and market that, you know, and that's definitely a hard lesson learned that when you, when you start a business <laughs> thinking that you're going to go a certain way and you try to make adjustments, you're going to have to make adjustments to the entire business. And, and it took a few years to really learn that, right? And like figure out manufacturing from the ground up, you know, like how we source for patterns, how we source for materials and the whole design aspect essentially took us through a journey of, of like really navigating the apparel manufacturing world without having any experience, knowledge or connections when we started. And uh, we just learned and grew from there. Now, you know, when you, when you say grow from there, um, uh, you know, I was just looking at the, you you were on a uh, TV show uh, uh, and it was uh, hosted by uh, Steve Harvey. Is, is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, that was, that was crazy. <laughs> I mean, how, how, I mean how, how'd you get to that point? I mean, did you have to like uh, yeah. uh, uh, like a contest enroll or you had to pitch or you know, you're, you're you're a very responsible yeah. guy I and mean, you can speak and so I I, I want to hear this story though. <laughs> You're only hearing this here. I've, I've, I've never really talked to people about this. So you're definitely, everybody's getting an exclusive insight by, uh, by listening to the little grass shag review. <laughs> Thanks. And, uh, so, uh, so essentially what, what, it, you know, so over the years we were developing patterns, ideas, products, we went to like more denim lines. Uh, after we met you, we had a, we had a distribution deal that, that, uh, that, that a distributor approached us with. At the time, they were distributing Wiz Khalifa's line, um, uh, B.I.G., uh, Invisible Bullies line. They had a bunch of pro like brands and products that were established. And they came up to us because they were missing a bag company that they could uh, coincide with a lot of the, you know, as a distributor, for people that don't know how that, how that works, mm -hmm. is if you have an apparel brand or a product, um, you want to get it into retail stores, Oftentimes you work either with a distributor or you sell directly to the retail store. But when it comes to getting your product into like say Tilly's or, or one of these champs or Foot Locker or whatever it might be, they don't really work with independent sellers. A lot of times they work with distributors and distributors carry a variety of products that they can go to them and say, hey, what do you want for this season? We, we're, we're designing this collection around Wiz Khalifa. So you could put the Wiz Khalifa hat you could put a monster headphones, you can buy a revived backpack, and now you just sorted the entire collection for your store with one buyer, and they have all of the all of the compliance and tracking system set up. So companies and retail stores like to do business with distributors because they know the business and they know that they can deliver the products on time. So 
for us as a brand, we realize, wow, this is our foot in the door. We're about to get into a distributor. Like, like this is what people work big time for, you know, like, right. like, like this is a big deal. So we were 25 years old at the time. And, and here I was, they, they said, Hey, we need to make a collection around Wiz Khalifa's line that we're designing. We're also collaborating with monster headphones, which was uh, the monster products brand who were the ones that designed the, the, the beat headphones before. Right. Um, and we were going to do a huge collaboration with, with monster Wiz Khalifa and our brand. And uh, we needed to design a collection around that. So they, they said, Hey, are you guys able to do something with that? And we were like, most definitely like, like, thanks for the shot. We're going to make it work. So they gave us all of their color schemes, P, uh, PSD, you know, the, all of the color codes that we needed to match. Um, and we went to town and we, we, we brought together our resources we had built over the years to, to develop a line of products for that collection. And we spent all of summer, the entire three months that year, to, de to design a collection of 15 different products from sourcing it all the way to the design and manufacturing of it with options in the US and options in Mexico and some options in Asia. So we had three different manufacturers that we were working with that summer that were ready to hit at different price points. So if, if we only got kind of lukewarm sales and we might say, hey, let's, let's manufacture it in the US not take a not not take such a big hit like it doesn't make sense to manufacture ten thousand products if we only sold you know two or three thousand right so so we we had our options covered for low batch medium and high batch uh, production um, through through the apparel I mean through the backpack industry so here we were twenty fifteen we went to the show uh, we got to meet Sway um, we got to meet we got to meet um, Three Six Mafia, they were there as well. We got to meet Snow the product. You know, like we met all of these like like up and come, like old school, like like people that we listened to with some of the up and coming artists and rappers. Uh, some NBA players came out there. It was it was a really good showing. We had sales that that ended up locking in and in Korea. Uh, Korea was South Korea was huge for us, Japan as well as New York and all the coastal. Like they really liked the designs that we came up with at the time. And uh, so we were we were high on the cloud. We were like, we did it. We're we, we're we're a global brand now. You know? But at this time, <laughs> we're like, we're a global company. Like we're gonna start mass you know mass producing these things. And as you know, the Magic Apparel Convention is where all these deals go down. So it happened right in Vegas. So we didn't have to pay for like travel or anything because it happened right in our backyard. But we did have to pay for all the sampling, all the travel that we did to meet with manufacturers at the time. And uh, we were in about 12,000 just to get that sample done, right? And then we were like, okay, if we could just make this into 100,000, it's all worth it, right? <laughs> right. Like at the time. And, uh, and here we were, we, we were done with the trade show and, and we're waiting a few weeks. We're emailing the guy. We're like, hey, what's going on? What's the status of the orders? When can we start production? And it was kind of like, a, oh, wait, uh, we're, we're handling those details. I'll let you guys know in a few weeks. A few days turned into a few weeks to a month. It was around holiday season when I realized this probably isn't happening. Something something happened here, right? right, right. Um, so I finally get the call from the guy and he says, hey, um, I'm sorry. The whole entire deal fell through. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, our, 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 our backers for the distribution company pulled their funding out. Um, something happened with the relationship between the guy that established the distribution company and the investors. And the whole entire deal fell through. No products were sold. Everybody was returned their, their cash that they had on reserve for ordering the products. And as a brand, as a, as a new company that we had, that we just invested another $12,000, uh, granted, we already had a couple thousand in the hole from lost uh, production before, 
it was a very big blow for us, especially for 25 year olds that barely had a job, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and, and here it was, and it was just like, yo, like, we just lost out all this money, all this time, right, and it was a very, it was a moment of, like, what are we going to do, you know, like, are we going to call it here, or are we going to, to, to launch something else, so at that time of designing that, we had designed a back, uh, this, like, this bag that you see right here, right. Uh, which is a basketball bag, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and, uh, yep, so we had designed a collection that went around shoes. So you could quarter, uh, color coordinate with different shoes, sneakers, designs, and uh, we have a couple other printed ones up there. Uh, but essentially you color coordinate and we created a, a way for designing these bags in a way that you could print mass colors, logos, teams, all of that stuff. And we were designing that around the same time that we were designing the collection that we did for the distribution company, but we didn't show it to them because we were like, let's just keep this for us just to see how this relationship goes. Mm -hmm. um, and luckily we did that. So here we are now. We're, we're essentially like, okay, what are we going to do with this? We don't have any money. We have, you know, like we owe a lot of people right. <laughs> and yeah. uh, we need to pay them back and we still need to try to launch this product because I think it could be a big hit in the market. Um, so what we did that next year is we took it to Kickstarter and we were like, you know what, let's, let's try this Kickstarter thing. Everybody's thinking like talking about at the time, it was a way for you to start your project with no money. They would essentially, what you had to do is build a campaign and from the campaign, people would fund the idea and say you had a goal of 15. So our goal was 15,000. If we can hit 15,000, we can produce these to actually get them out in the market. And then we can make some more for us to sell online. And that was kind of like our target was 15,000. And if we get the, uh, if we, but the catch for Kickstarter is if you, if you ask for too much, if you ask for like 50,000 or 100,000 and you don't get it, but say you got 29,000 or 40,000, right. if you ask for 50,000, if you don't hit that $50,000 goal, you'll get nothing. So we had to, we had to kind of look back and say, okay, should we hit a goal of 50,000? And then go to 40 and then not get anything? Or should we at least go 15,000 and start a, a, a production that we could at least bring out to the market and see, and see what happens from there? So that's the approach we took. And uh, we launched that Kickstarter campaign and we got funding for it within like 45 days. We did a 60 day campaign and we got the funding within 40 days or so. And uh, we were like, yes, we got the money. We can go actually produce these. We were already working with the manufacturer that we had worked with the bags before. And, uh, and, we, and we essentially sent them out to the customers that bought it. And around that time, so this is like a big story to answer your question about how do we get a Steve Harvey, <laughs> yeah, right? right. So, so like people need a backstory. Sometimes it just happens, it's meant to be. Sometimes you gotta put a little work and you stumble and you fall into something else, right? right? Um, so we do that Kickstarter campaign and we get the funding. And then I get a call around that time that we're getting the funding, I get two calls. The first call is from some management, some uh, production company in LA that represents Gary V. I don't know if you know who Gary V is or not. Oh, um, Vaynerchuk, right? Vaynerchuk, yep, yep, Vaynerchuk. yep. Gary Vaynerchuk, yep. Yeah. So for entrepreneurs and people, they they know who he is. Um, so he's like a media guy. They were starting a new TV show, and he was he was essentially scouting for entrepreneurs that had product ideas, and you'd pitch it to him. It was a whole new concept. That then he would take on his like his role would be to market that product through social media, market by all his connections and media company to actually make that product a success. So we got a call from Gary Vaynerchuk's team about producing a show and uh, we go through the ringer and 
I never really understood how TV worked. So this was the very first time we were like, oh, wow, this is, is kind of cool. We're about to be on TV with Gary <laughs> Vaynerchuk. Like, that means I might get shown on his Instagram or Snapchat, you know, like, right, right, cool. right, right, right. <laughs> so, so here I was, and it took about, for people that don't really know how the casting process of something goes, it's essentially a Zoom call, um, follow-up call, and another follow-up call and Zoom call, and hey, send me all these details. All in all, it was about a 30-hour process that I think I spent, like, going through the ringer of the process of, you know, moving up in the selection process. Right. And, um, and then when it was all said and done, they said, hey, we're down to two people. So just you and one other, one other guy, uh, since this is a pilot show, we're only going to move forward with one person. So we'll find out who's, who, who it's going to be, whether it's you or the other person. And they ended up going with the other person. Wow. And I was so bummed out. I was like, right. I just spent 30, you know, 30 hours of my life working on this. <laughs> and it didn't work. You know? So I was like, man, forget this TV stuff or meeting to Gary Vaynerchuk. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and here I was, I was like, you know what? Let me just focus on this, making sure that we get our products to the customers and start building up this business. And, and then I get another call. And this time they say, hey, we're, we're the casting agents for MGM. And I was like, MGM? They're like, yeah, we're casting for Steve Harvey's new, uh, new episode. Actually, I get an email. And it's a pitch, and we're, we're they're saying we're starting a new TV show with Steve Harvey, Mark Burnett. Would you be interested? And I replied, and uh, oh, she left her number. She's like, you can call me or you can email me. We can set a time to talk. So I just give her a call, and I was like, I forgot her name it was like Stacy or something. I was like, hey Stacy, how's it going? This is John. She's like, oh hey John, I've been I saw you on Kickstarter. I was going through the products of like new campaigns that were just funded, and I saw you had a product that was very interesting, and we'd like to put through our show a new contestant show. And uh, she's like, would you be interested? And granted, this was right after I got out of the last casting process. That <laughs> right, was the right, 30 right, hours right, of my life. Right? Right, 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 so right. I, I should have said, look, Stacy, I really appreciate this opportunity, but I need to know, am I going to be wasting my time by going through this process not to get selected? Or is this something that's actually going to go to air? Or uh, like, I need to know what my, what, what the position is. Yeah, I don't right, right. feel entitled or anything, but it's just like, if you're just casting people to, to do your job, like it's not exactly. fair to the people that are being casted. You exactly, know? exactly. Uh, yep. So she said, "No, no, no. I think this is a perfect fit for what we're doing. Please just go through it. I'm going to put you in touch with our producers." And I was like, "All right, let's do it." So that one went really well, and of course, it was another thirty or forty hours. But they, they, they loved us. They loved the direction, the pitches that we're doing was exactly what what they were looking for. And the best part about it is they were casting about twenty different companies. Um, in order to put together a season that would have about, I want to say, 10. So they went from 20 companies to 10 that actually went on air. Um, and that whole process was just, it was, it was such a life-changing moment, not, not because the monetary thing, you know, we won $20,000, which was good money. That's right. not life-changing. Um, you know, you can make that working a, a part-time job or whatnot, right? It's not a life-changing amount. But <laughs> what I mean about the life-changing moment is is all of the detail that you saw behind the scenes that goes into putting an entire movie, like entire show production. It was a, I think their budget was like three million dollars for one season, uh, or just for the pilot for that for the first five that they were going to show to get the rest of the funding to go to air. Right. Um, so it was a life-changing moment in the fact that you got to see, uh, you got to get coached by people who were in the industry. Like, hey, how do we how do we elevate how you talk? How do we elevate how you interact with Steve Harvey? How are you going to interact with the crowd? 
like to us, we had done presentations in school. We had done phone calls, like, like talking with people. And, and it was like, okay, that's like, we're, I always felt like we were pretty good. But after that moment, it was like, they literally took us through an entire like movie acting career in like, uh, in the span of a few weeks, right? It was like, this is how you should talk. And this is how you should carry yourself. And this is how you should accent what you have to say, right? Um, and it was that was a life changing moment in regards to being on stage, knowing that millions of people were going to watch it and not fumbling the ball, <laughs> you know, like because I could I could only imagine myself being on stage in front of Steve Harvey and stuttering, you know, like I didn't want that to happen. <laughs> right, right. So it was a life changing moment in knowing that you can go up to the big stage and and have a conversation with somebody on the air in front of millions of people and and win the entire and win that competition you know like that was like a bonus but to us the fact that we went in there and it was like it was like a dream it was like so well it was perfectly done like no hiccups i was just like oh this has to be a dream it didn't feel real when we right. won you know with all, the, <laughs> with all the obstacles from you know from priors and stuff like that you're like yep. Uh, is this really happening to me? And I, I, think, exactly. I, I see it, man. I can see it. And uh, for all the work that you put in, and like you said, you wasted 30 uh, you know, hours of your time uh, yet to uh, kind of achieve, well, go through the, well, I guess, the pains of a business and then and learning it and then growing it and then hit that finish line. Like, holy shit, we just, we just, we just made it. You know, that's, that's we awesome. Made it. Exactly. <laughs> it was such a, it was, it was literally like one of the highlights of my, I mean, aside from my daughter, because I just had a daughter born. Hey, congratulations. Was, yeah, man. yeah, thank you. Thank you. Like, <laughs> that's how I think parenting, like, see, because I actually got to deliver my baby too, because I wanted uh -huh. to deliver her. Yeah, so the doctor was really cool. Let me deliver her. And that moment was like, like a life changing moment that I knew was going to change my life and just being present with her, holding her. I want to say, that Steve Harvey moment was kind of similar. Like, so right, as a right, parent, right. if you have those feelings, like, yo, my life has just changed, you know, like the life-changing moment regardless, right? Yeah. Um, so for us being being on that show and just seeing Steve Harvey and getting to interact with the audience, it was, 500, uh, it was a 500-member live audience. And they said, yeah, it's going to be going internationally. Um, yeah, and we got seen all over the world by people. And, um, and it was just such a life-changing moment. And knowing that you could put an idea out, you can put yourself out and actually present yourself in a way where people like you, where people want to want to vote for you, where people want right. to, you know, like see you succeed. And it just goes to show like, hey, I think whatever you can, whatever you put your mind to, I think it's, it's possible to, to do, you know, like as I think the only limit you have is whatever limit or capacity is in your head. You know, like, once you overcome that, I think anything is really possible. Right. You know, uh, and that's what they say is like, uh, you really need to kind of just uh, be confident and uh, take the leap of faith and uh, literally, you know, believe in yourself and um, just go through like the, you know, all the, all the, all the pains and obstacles. Uh, but now, you know, for you uh, today, uh, you're, um, uh, you know, you've, are you still in the apparel business or uh, I heard that you're kind of taking, you know, a different venture. And, and that's one thing about, uh, you know, I really appreciate people like you, you know, taking that entrepreneurship, uh, the next level. And, um, you know, I heard through the grapevine that uh, you're doing things and, you know, you're becoming an educator and even a mentor. Um, you want to share a little bit about that? Sure, most definitely. So, so when it came to the, when it came to the Steve Harvey, like I said, the, the money was, was, was amazing to be able to pay off the, the bills that we had from the failed distribution, right? <laughs> we were like, oh, we paid those people off. We got some sales in for the products. We, we were managed to pay most of all of our debts that, all, all the debts that we had going into the business. 
Uh, so it was a moment where we were like, yo, this is, this is really cool. Like for the first time we could be profitable. Um, but then reality sets into life, right? In regards to the highs of seeing that big exposure, obviously you get those nice increase in sales. You get to, right. you get to pay off your debts that you have. But when it comes to the remarketing, retargeting and finding the audience, like at first you're going to get all these people, but then you only get a small segment of the people that actually become loyal customers. And the goal is in whatever product you're putting out, it has to be big enough to capture a, that small segment. So for us, obviously a basketball bag was a really good product, but we were competing with the Nikes and Adidas uh, and the Under Armors, all who had products that were like really popular in the game. Like people aren't going to trade their, their, you know, their, their Nike bag for a revived bag, for, in, for instance, like it'll be a really tough climb and it's going to require a lot of capital. And, uh, and at that time I was just, a um, couple of events happened. One was I got married. Um, I was married to my wife. So we, we engaged and finally, finally got married. Um, and the second one was that, um, which my wife, you met, she was actually on the show with you. I was going to ask that. I was going to ask that. Yeah. Is it the same one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so, yeah. So I apologize. <laughs> no, no, no worries. <laughs> I already know how it is, man. I, I, I did that one time. I messed up. I never do it again. <laughs> I'm glad you brought it up. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so you met my wife. She was with us from the beginning of the business, from the ideation to the marketing side of it. And we're just like, hey, you know what? It's time for us to move forward in the next journey of life. She graduated college with her marketing degree at UNLV. And I was an entrepreneur who had barely made it with, you know, a couple product launches and stuff. <laughs> so, right, 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 right. So, so, uh, so we got married. That was a life event that really changed the perspective of like, how are we going to move forward with a business? And then the second thing was more of a, it's definitely more of a tragic event. My, my business partner's brother ended up, uh, ended up committing suicide. Um, oh. And, and that really took a blow to all of us. Like we were just, Hey, how do we get over this hurdle? It's his brother, you know, it's his little brother. Right. So I'm not going to push anybody to do something that they're not in the right state of mind to do. And, and in regards to us driving the product, like he was the guy that was driving the product and he was the person that was the face of it. You know, like he was the one building the relationships. We were working on the logistics and the designs and stuff. Um, so with those two events happening at once, we had to kind of figure out, hey, is this something that we can continue to do over the next five, 10 years? Or, or, or should we maybe take a look in a different direction and see what we can do with everything that we've built over the last few years? Um, and that's, the, and that's the thing about entrepreneurship is that even though you're going for a goal, you always have to not necessarily hedge your bets, but you just have to do as much as you can with what you've got, right? So like if you have, if you have a company right now and you have a camera, like, hey, why don't I just share what I wish I knew before I started my business? And that's what I shared on YouTube uh, back in around the time of the failed distribution deal. I was, I was like... I was sitting at home and I was like, man, what am I going to do? You know, uh, I had actually quit my job. So I didn't even have a job. I was unemployed after that. Wow. So, uh, so here I was sitting at home and I was just like, you know, like I wish there was something I could do. And my, and my wife actually told me like, Hey, you should, you should make a video about how people can start easily. Like, isn't that a problem that you always have when you're looking into anything, you're, right. you see all these blog posts and people make it super complicated. He's like, why don't you just make a video on how you can start a clothing line like super easily? And I was like, that's a really good idea. Like, I think I could do it. So my background was has also was also in the SBA. So I used to work for the SBA, helping small businesses get started. 
We worked with a lot of clothing brands while I was building my own apparel brand with the backpack industry, manufacturing, all that stuff. So I got to see the licensing side. That was kind of like a barrier to people. Like, you know, how do I get a license? How do I get all of these little details that are required? And I, and I made it super easy where anybody could do it. And I was like, okay, this is what I wish I knew before I spent two months researching this, right? Um, and, I, and I did a video and it took off. It blew up on YouTube and it ended up getting like a million views and within the first year or two, a year and a half or so. And it was the only video I had on YouTube was that video. And then my wife kept telling me, you should make more videos, you know? And I was like, I'm like no, I don't feel like making videos for YouTube. Like, that's not what I see myself doing, you know? Um, never you would have right, guessed. You did, right? You created your own. I did. Yep. Yeah. So um, a little bit after we started the Kickstarter campaign, I started doing a couple videos, shooting like once a month. The first, the first year, I only did like one video. The second year of YouTube, I did like maybe 10. The third year, I did like 40. And then the fourth year, I did like another 50 or so. And then I think we're in year five this year and we're up to like, I think like 20 videos or so. Um, so yeah, we have like 170 videos on the channel covering different topics. Right. And I did that just filming from a, from a camera, just talking what I wish I knew and pointing people to the right direction. And never did I ever think that you could actually make money on YouTube or build build a brand or a business around it. But the need was there. Like there was people looking stuff up. How can I do this? And nobody was talking about it. So I became the person that people turned to when they went on YouTube. Hey, how do I get clothing labels? How do I manufacture this product? Like what is Kickstarter? Like, so I started just providing all of this just for free. And I was just like, well, I'm doing it on my own time. So uh, I'm going to get around to it when I can until I started learning about affiliate marketing and how, you know, Shopify is a platform that we use for our business. And I was promoting them for a long time. And I never knew about affiliate marketing until Shopify's affiliate ma uh, manager contacted me and they said, hey, we're seeing a lot of traffic coming from your channel. Do you know we have an affiliate program? I was like, what's an affiliate program? And they're like, you get paid for referrals. And I said, what? I've been doing this for free <laughs> for the last two years, lady. I wish you would have told me this sooner. <laughs> and, uh, but in all honesty, I, I think it was good that I did it that way because it wasn't, it wasn't a monetary gain for me. It was, a, it was a, genuine, a genuine giving of, hey, this is what I wish I had available and here's the tools that you can use. Um, and I think if you always come from that, from that perspective, then people right. will know and, there was, and they'll respect it and the people that want to support will purchase through your link. So I've kind of kept that same, that same uh, format. I try to remind myself of that every time I make a new video. It's like, hey, this isn't about selling this program. Like, is it something you would use? Because I get, I, get, uh, I, get, I get contacted by sponsors all the time. Like, hey, we have this video editor or this ad agency. Like, would you like to promote it? We'll pay you. And I'm like, no, I wouldn't use you and I wouldn't use that. So no, I won't work with either of you guys. You know? so, so it becomes like I only refer what I would genuinely use and what I what I think would genuinely benefit our community. So that's kind of how, how it all started on the YouTube platform. Yeah, well, and I, think, you know, I, I think I saw one of your episodes, and I think it was on your Facebook or whatever, that you were uh, touring um, uh, the, uh, the garment district uh, down in L.A.? And yep. um, you're writing mm -hmm. out yep. something or you know, materials, and I, I did not know. You know, it was so extensive. Uh, what you, what you, you know, what you're doing, and I was like, wow. Because some people just make a phone call. I need this. I need this. Hey, can you do that? You know, have it out. But um, you know, the way you uh, you know portray uh, you know an entrepreneur and literally getting down and dirty and going straight for the product, and you know, from the from the build up, 
I mean, that is awesome, bro. No, 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 no. And, uh, you know, uh, being a, um, you know, creating your uh, YouTube channel and, uh, you know, being an inspiration for a lot of entrepreneurs to kind of look at and like, because you know, even in today, I'm still looking at the learning things and, you know, uh, you know, doing these podcasts. Uh, I'm just kind of revisiting all the people that, you know, what, what are they doing now you know, in their life? And, and um, you know, well, I reach your friend, uh, you know, Johnny Magic. <laughs> I always call him Magic because he always makes things happen. Um, but, um, uh-huh. you know, yeah, he's always, uh, he's taught uh, very highly. You know, yeah, man, he's doing the educational things. He's going to be, you know, he, he can literally, um, you know, being an insp- uh, inspirational uh, speaker, um, you know, are, are you, <laughs> I'm, no, I, I'm serious, yeah, man. I'm, I'm, are you doing, uh, are you doing any engagements like that, or you know, because uh, uh, well, go ahead. Yeah, we had done we 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 had did one one speaking event last year, uh, but that's definitely not something that we we do often. Like I don't market that, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, we we have done a few, and it's is I have a great time connecting with people in real life. I think that's. That's really the reason I wanted to do the last one is I wanted to meet the audience that in those cities, right? And now I'm getting more requests of people like, hey, are you ever going to come to, you know, to Tampa or to, to Chicago? Or like, I want to, I want to meet with you. I want to work on a, on a project or at least get to talk to you about how you impacted my life, you know? Because we've had people over the years now, over the last five years, that have been following it, have been building their brands, making a success in their own communities, and mm-hmm. and just being able to be a part of that journey has been has been amazing for for us to see and. And once a year, we, we try to organize a big gathering at Magic uh, where we'll say, hey, um, we're entering, like, enter for a chance to win uh, tickets to come and actually attend Magic. So we actually provide the passes to go into Magic. They have to book their own flights and hotel, of course, but we do a big, a big meetup there. Mm-hmm. And I d- I've done that about three years in a row. The first time there was like five people. The second time there was about 12. The more recent one we did was like about 30 people that came out, which was was amazing to see people flying from all over the U.S. to come to come hang out with us and get to meet with each other over a full day and they get to go to their seminars courses they get to source a lot of the stuff that's like not accessible unless you pay a big fee right. or you uh, or you're a registered seller so a lot of people aren't at that stage when they come so um, so we've been able to do that um, in partnership with the College of Southern Nevada um, awesome. they've been a big help in and making that happen as well because they have connections and they're like, hey, would you guys, are you guys want to organize something? I'm like, yeah, I'd love to have my people come out and and it looks good for the college. There's a great amount of people out there uh, under their program and and it helps me connect with my audience as well. Right. Now, you know, becoming a, um, a mentor in, in the community and doing, you know, the work that you're doing, um, you can uh, literally say that you have become a, a, a Gary Vaynerchuk. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely on, on your way, you know what I mean? Um, you doing what you're doing in, in the community. Uh, you know, uh, you got my support. And if you do run for office, say, hey, I'm there too. You know? No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the Latino uh, Gary Vanderschuk. You know? right. <laughs> that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, I think that'd be kind of cool. No, like no. even even growing up, we never really had any any Latino to look up to that wasn't a cartel member, you know? <laughs> it wasn't Pablo Escobar. Yeah, or... <laughs> I didn't see it. <laughs> and you know, you know what? the East Side too. So it's like... That's right. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> That's my stopping grounds too. So I was raised up on this. Uh, I totally yeah. understand. But uh, um, no, man, I, I like to thank you for very much for your time, and it's kind of even give me uh, uh, some inspiration to say, you know what? Uh, yeah, I need to kind of work on myself as well. Um, you know, given with the pandemic, um, uh, how are you holding up with the uh, you know with the pandemic going on? You know, 
You're staying home, oh, obviously, dude. with the family. Yeah. It's a great thing. Um, yeah, we had we had the babies, so it was newborn, and we got to stay in. And it really gave me some time to reflect on on the plans. Like, obviously, we had such we had goals this year that we set at the end of last year, and we were like, this is what we're going to do. And we were doing the game plan, and then the Rona hit kind of threw a curveball and everything. So it really allowed us to refocus on what we wanted to accomplish this year and the years moving forward. And whether it was serving our community from the Ground Up Academy, uh, which is where we have our paid our paid group of members that are building, they have access to resources, suppliers, educational content that helps them build their brand from the ground up. Uh, so we we decided, hey, let's let's really double down and put new content on there. Let's let's better help them serve them. Let's do one on one calls on a monthly basis. Let's do live training calls on a monthly basis. So it gave me the time and bandwidth, like where everything else was like kind of slowing down. Like, hey, let's ramp this up, um, and then let's let's see about creating a whole new business model. And uh, and that's something that's in the works. And once once it's a little closer to to announce, uh, we'll definitely you'll be the first. <laughs> you're gonna come in. Yeah. You're gonna come into the studio though for that. Yeah, right? we'll come into yeah, I'll come into the studio with you. It's it's yeah, definitely yeah. a project we've been working on. It's been formulating in my head for the last like two years. Is like how do we change the entire industry? It's never been done before. I'm working out the logistics now. We're working with some app developers to also work out like how the tech side would play and how people can literally have the power to create in their communities um, through this new service that we're launching. So I'm, I'm excited. To, we started to build that up over the last few weeks, um, kind of putting some some ideas together with the team and and just ramping up our YouTube side where we're hiring on new new people to help with you know more content producing to uh, to the branding to now this new service that we're launching. So we're super excited to, to get this thing off. I'm super excited. I can't wait to, uh, you know, be the you know the first guy in line to get that uh, you know that exclusive you know story. Yes, and, uh, are you still focusing? Uh, are you just focusing on uh, um, the uh, the teachings or the education side now? Or are you still uh, you know in, in the you know putting out bags or uh, any other apparel?s Yeah. So what we're doing is uh, obviously YouTube is our primary platform where where we educate, connect with our community. We've grown that. We're reaching 150,000 subscribers within the next few days. Um, so we'll reach that and essentially we also started up a distribution company of, of products of quality products that are sourced from uh, sustainable manufacturers like good manufacturers and uh, we're distributing we started with face masks and some blank apparel um, and we're going to be expanding the catalog into different sizes and colors um, so that will be our distribution arm to the content so if an entrepreneur is like, hey, how can I get a certain style blank or T-shirt? They can come right onto our site, which is streetwearapparel.com. It's live right now. And we have like some quality adjustable face masks that we source and we produce and we ship out from Las Vegas. So um, so that's that's something that we just started during the during the whole COVID. Starting with face masks, some blank T-shirts, and then expanding the product line, giving people access to quality blanks without a resale license. So Instead of you having to register with a distributor and create an account and show them your your resale certificate, you could say, "Hey, I want to test this product out. Can I buy? Can I buy two or three? You could buy two or three, or you could buy a thousand. Like, and and your and the price decreases the more you buy. So that's that's the goal of making it easy for people to start. I mean, man, I can see a, a lot of stuff happening, especially um, the growth of uh, your company and uh, you know what you're doing in educating the educating people like myself and um uh, i can't wait to you come into the studio and kind of share the yeah. products and the new share That'd the be awesome. um but uh hey man thank you very much for joining me um we 
it's man, and yeah, say hi to your wife for me. Well, well, yeah, dear. and then congratulations. I appreciate you, Jonathan. Yeah, no, I appreciate you, man. Uh, there it is, Jonathan Santos. Mahalo, man, and uh, I'll catch you later, man. All right. All right, take care, bro. All right, bro. Bless, man. Bye. Bye. You too.